0: Welcome to episode 51 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play season 1, episode 5 of The Wolf Among Us. This is the fifth episode of our Wolf Among Us series. If you haven't checked out the first four episodes, you might want to do that first. Join the conversation in our Discord. You can find the link to that on our website at leftbehindgame.club. This episode went off the rails just once when we got to talking about Dragon Ball Z. Mo, I want I want to speak to your heart right now and say that uh, Frieza had four forms,
1: and so does Big B. Jacob, you win, you win today. You are the internet king. Mike doesn't know you. what's going on. It's a Dragon Ball. What game do you reference. mean I don't know Dragon Balls? Get <laughs> out of here! Yeah, Frieza has four Thank, forms. Yeah. Uh-huh. Goes, okay. yeah!
2: uh-huh. do you know huh Do you know who Frieza's brother is?
0: C-
1: cooler.
2: You're right. Hey, hey, I was gonna
0: say freezer, but that's not right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know who his father's name is
0: Captain Ginyu. Froster. <laughs> You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never ending attempt to make sure that no game is up behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, he's joining us through the power
1: of the internet. It's Momertadi. Yo, yo, yo. We got the final episode, folks. Let's go. Cry Wolf with me.
2: Michael Ruffalo. Let's talk about that ending. I'm excited to talk about a great, great game.
0: Wow. Before we get started, just a small warning. This is the fifth episode in a five-part series. So if you've not listened to any of our Wolf Among Us content, you might want to go back, start at episode 47, 48, 49, 50. Those are the first four episodes of the series. Then come back here. It'll be on podcasting services everywhere for you when you're ready. Gentlemen, episode five, Cry Wolf. set the scene.
2: So... And at the end of the last episode, we've finally figured out where the crooked man is. We get into uh, his his lair through a door that continues, continues to change where it lands. Uh, we're greeted by Tiny Tim, who you know walks us into the door, into the lair, and we see the crooked man with all of his lieutenants. And I think all of us, except Jacob, made the decision to smoke a pack of Huff and Puffs in front of him. And Jacob just starts threatening him, and then that's where we're left off. We're left with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. But this is the culmination of a long time coming. This is a this is a path to get here. We've been looking for this guy for a long time. So, and I think this is the first time you get a good look at him. So it was a juicy, juicy moment, and I I just couldn't wait to get started.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. It, so like, what I really appreciated about this is like, in the background of the actual. Um, like lair there's this big piece of stained glass and on this stained glass is like a almost like a nursery rhyme representation of the crooked man who as a character like man what a that's a face you'd remember because he has a very distinct kind of scar on his face that you know makes his eye one eye kind of droopy droop lower than the other one so like if you owe that man money you will remember that face that's funny that's funny
2: um, he reminded me quite a bit uh, w- without being political of, uh, Jacques, Chrétien, mm-hmm. the former Canadian prime minister who had a stroke and whose, uh, half of his face was, you know, I think scarred as a result of the stroke, mm-hmm. lost a lot of function and movement in it. Uh, and so the crooked man has, uh, a, uh, an eyelid that droops. Um, and I think part of his mouth does, doesn't work as well either. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, and and like the 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 pink of his eye is like very exposed and there's he has this big like bushy mustache. Right. Uh
2: He looks like a gentleman.
0: Yeah. He's like a a man that you'd play cards with. In a, in a high rollers club of a casino.
2: He looks like he drinks fine scotches.
0: He looks like he has the best elbow pads on his tweed jackets.
2: Yeah, he looks like he drives an old English sports car. He
0: looks like he has a bunch of turtlenecks and chains. He's
2: that, a guy who's never lifted a briefcase because he is above it.
0: He's a man that has wax for his mustache think,
2: and then wax for
0: his mustache wax.
2: I think we have a picture. Mo, do you want anything to add to it?
1: He is the most interest, interesting man in the world's creepy <laughs> uncle.
2: <laughs> you're right yeah ah. he's the guy who looks down on drinking dosekis.
0: ones w- one, one secis, please
2: that's it
1: it's not even spanish <laughs>
2: <laughs> so jacob tr- is trying to throw us off the rails here but we then start getting into a conversation with uh the most interesting man in the world's creepy uncle uh the crooked <laughs> man and so Mo took the approach of, I'm just going to listen to him. We're going to talk. We're going to hear
1: what you have to say. And Mo, what does he say to you? Um, for me, because I said, you know what, let's let's give a chit chat. Uh, I think he offers me like a, a seat or he says like, like, You want to sit down, like can we settle your nerves, kind of thing. Um, And I took his beverage offer and drank up. Wow, you're a brave man. Well, here's the thing. One of the things that we we kind of touched on last episode um, is when you get to his location. You're told that he's been waiting for you, so he's expecting you, one. When you open the door and see all of the, the villains, I guess, from the, the game all together, they're all calm, cool, and collected, trying to hear what you want to say. So you can tell, if you wanted me dead, he's the most powerful guy in the town, I'd be dead by now. And all these, like, minions are not scared, they're not terrified, they're just kind of sitting there, watching on, and waiting for a conversation, so I said, let's start it right now. Does the Jersey Devil not pull a gun on you? Yeah! <laughs> um... In yours, he doesn't pull a gun on you? No. I th- did, Was there an option to kill the Jersey Devil?
0: There was not, no. but almost immediately he pulls out a gun, yeah. and you don't know if it has a silver bullet in it or yeah. not. You presume that it does, because yeah. it looks exactly like the gun that the Bloody Mary They had. know
2: you're the only threat coming mm-hmm. after them. Yeah. And also, silver bullets work on normal people, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, They're just really expensive bullets. Yeah.
2: Then. So, uh, yeah, the Jersey Devil pulls a gun, at least on us, um, and the crooked man says, like, Calm yourself. There's no way we're gonna we're gonna treat this like civilized people are uh, gonna yes. this with a word. Yes, yes. Um, Mo, you are way braver than I. I there was no way I was taking a drink from the crooked man. I I thought like this could very easily be the way that this guy handles people. It could be he poisons poisons the scotch, the whiskey, the water, whatever it is he wants to offer me. So I was like, I'm not taking that. I'm just gonna sit here or I'm gonna stand here and smoke my cigarette. Because I don't want to be comfortable in this situation because my life is on the line, and all of Fabletown is hanging in the balance.
0: but doesn't the crooked man like really open up and says the killer works for him? Yeah, so, like what?
2: I mean it it seems like the crooked man sees himself as like an integral part of the Fable town community, and he essentially says like look, there are there are huge ways that the government fails large swaths of the fabletown community. And because of that, I come in to help them when no one else is there. I fill a need. I fill a need for glamours that are cheaper than the official state-sponsored glamours. I uh, am there to provide loans when these people don't have money and they need it. I'm there to fill all of the gaps in services that other people aren't and so I think he sees himself essentially as an equal. Like he sees himself as a public servant in the same way. And so he says to, to Bigby, you know, I, I greatly respect the work that you do. You're a necessary force. You're, you know, it's important to have you around. And so I think he legitimately goes to Bigby and says, like, I respect you. I want to handle this in a gentlemanly way. Um, I'm going to deal with this in the way that it works makes most sense and you just need to trust that this guy's not going to get away with it mm-hmm. and we come to find out that this guy is actually Georgie Porgy putting in pie uh, what runner of the strip club with all the fables with ribbons tied around their neck
0: but but you're actually given the option because the crooked man says like who do you think did it because oh, really you're, yeah, yeah so in in my scenario you're kind of given the option where you have two options it's um, you ask who did it, or you you assert yourself and say, "I know exactly who did it, and you have the option to guess basically everyone that 's in the room who was the one that that killed them
2: wow yeah i don 't even think I remember i don 't mm. mm.
0: yeah, so your options are it was Georgie who's in the room. It was bloody Mary. Who's not there. It was the Tweedles and it was you, the crooked man.
2: I think I pointed my finger at the crooked man. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt right. Like even if he didn't physically murder them, it's like you, you, you put, you, you know, you gave the order.
1: Yeah. I think when I did it, it was, uh, I did the least aggressive fighting. Like I, I avoided any type of like harsh interaction. Cause I knew I was outnumbered. Um, so my biggest thing is I step, kept talking to him. I asked him like, who did it? I didn't assert who it was. And eventually in the conversation, he told me it was Georgie and Georgie stands up right away and is like, you piece yeah. of like crap. Like, how dare you like tell him all this? Like, so it seemed like, oh my God, he's telling me the truth. He's trying to amend all the bad faith that we've had as like the crooked man and the big bad wolf, the sheriff. And he's trying to say, you know what? I'll give you this token. I'll let you know who did it. I'll let you kind of know about this stuff. As long as we can mend everything together and go about a nice, like future i guess together as like the yeah. the necessary evil and the evil police officer
0: mike you touched on it but what i adore here is how they've set up the different politics and we're going to talk about it later at the end of the episode but the the political system that they set up here and how everyone works together that's almost my favorite part of this whole game is how even in five hours, you know exactly who holds the power, you know exactly what those relationships are, and it was not something I was expecting coming into this universe.
2: You know, I, I think a lot of it has to be credited to Fables, the graphic novel series, um, that probably had quite a bit of time to help, you know, flesh out the universe and establish power dynamics and, and things within it. Um, I don't. I haven't read enough of that to know whether you know this is heavily inspired by anything or not, but it does seem like a game that's designed story-wise specifically for the Telltale style and uh, to, to fit this type of game structure really well.
0: Mm-hmm. I between our last recording sessions, I actually went to the library and picked up the first three volumes of Fables. Um, so you know, over Christmas break, hopefully that's something that I can read because. I was really surprised at how much I was drawn to the source material. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but back to Georgie, I punched him in the face.
2: Oh, man. Of course you did. Yeah. Mo, what did you do with Georgie?
1: Um, I eventually killed him.
2: Did you? Oh, eventually. Yes. yes. So in the room, I, I just let Georgie talk. I was like, Georgie's going to sink this whole ship. Yeah. And all of the other lieutenants were like, Georgie, shut your stupid mouth. You're going to take us down with you. I'm like, yes, please talk and- Please keep talking, Georgie. I love that English accent of yours. Mm-hmm. And so um, Georgie just keeps saying like you, you're, you're lying to the crooked man that you didn't give me that order. Um, you might not have said it in those exact words, but you're lying. You did give the order. There was no misunderstanding. I understood you perfectly. And I think what the crooked man is relying on here is that he never said explicitly murder these women. But what he did say was take care of it. Get rid of them. Make sure it's not an issue.
1: The way he was portrayed, though, it I couldn't really know who to really believe. And I was leaning on believing Georgie's side just because he's kept a consistent character. Like, he'll never tell you the truth. He'll always go back and forth, dodge questions, and not be straight with you. But as soon as he was accused of doing something that he potentially didn't do, that's when he went full alert and was combative. Like, what are you talking about? How dare you, like, do this to me? I did not do this. It was very assertive, and he changed his, like tone as if now he's serious he's not trying to like connive his way out of a situation so uh, i was leaning towards believing georgie and not believing the crooked man
2: yeah i felt at first that uh georgie's reaction was yeah i did it and i'm protected there's no issue here Uh, but it's only when the crooked man then says like your protection only goes so far It can protect you from most things, but it can't protect you from murder.
0: Yeah, from minor screw-ups, but not this.
2: Yeah, that's when Georgie starts freaking out. Like, I can't believe that I followed your orders, and you're going to throw me down the river. Um, So, yeah, definitely, definitely understood what happened there. So, that's, I think, the point where the other lieutenants in the room get a little bit antsy Mm -hmm. and a fight breaks out.
0: Yeah, I think at some point I punched Tweedledee in the face as well (laughs) because I was just given the option. I'm like, of course, I'm going to punch Tweedledee in the face. He's on my top three most hated characters in this universe. Uh But But Mr. Frog's the first one. Mr. Frog is, Mr. Toad is definitely the first one. Yeah, Yeah. Colin's up there too. He's probably top five. Uh But you're given the option to either go after Georgie, go after the crooked man, or just like stating that I'm not leaving. And that's when the fight, really, really breaks out, but not before Bloody Mary enters the scene because she's not in the scene yet. Mm -hmm. She kind of enters the scene through the mirror, right? Right. Wow, that was the best. Yeah,
2: so I think I said, I'm not going anywhere, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's when Bloody Mary popped through. Mo, were you in the same boat?
1: No, I grabbed Georgie because I was going to arrest him, and I was kind of going to take him away because he was the guy that committed the murder. and man I would take care of later on kind of thing.
0: Uh, Interesting. Yeah, so the Jersey Devil transforms... Um, guns kind of come out, and you have this really extended fight scene. It's
2: a really good fight scene.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you had... I had the smallest just technical difficulties with load times.
2: Man, so episode five, the absolute worst load times between quick time events and fight scenes. I'm playing on an Xbox One X. Like It's more than capable to handle (laughs) this game. Mo, I'm sure, is playing it on a PC... That is well, well well-equipped. Did you have similar stuttering and and pausing and feeling like the game was about to crash?
1: We don't have these types of issues in the PC Master Race. (laughs) Um, These are exclusively console-related problems. Please refer to your Microsoft or Sony manufacturer for the issues.
2: So you had no slowdowns?
1: No. I'm not wow. did I, and Now you guys bring it up and it sounds completely foreign to me. I didn't have anything <laughs> remotely.
2: Wow. Well, I guess you know then if you're going to play this game, you should play it on PC.
0: Yeah. I started to experience it in episode four just a little bit. Um, but it was, I think, one or two times. But this episode, it was significant.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, there, and- there's a lot of big fights later on that you expect to move much quicker that massive slowdowns happen and really kind of take you out of the experience. Yeah,
0: and, and beyond that, and this is probably my ear, is I found some of the voiceover as well it sounded like it was being recorded and the it was peaking, so like you were recording and someone was screaming into the mic and you didn't like account for that. Just some really strange, and I don't want to dwell on it because the experience is so fantastic, but just some weird production stuff in only this episode, so... Again, it could have been them trying to get it out the door right. in the in the right lead time. But it just I wanted to point that out because mm-hmm. it was just for this episode where it was a problem. Mm-hmm.
2: So w- we end up having this big fight inside the Crooked Man's study. Um, and someone shoots a bullet and it breaks the nice stained glass mirror. And there's a portal that appears. And I think it's Bloody Mary that grabs a Crooked Man and says, we're getting out of here. Mm-hmm. And they jump through. And once you take care of everyone in the room, you go through the portal as well. And you're faced with I think the decision of who you're gonna go after.
0: Oh really yes, you're so. right. Yeah. So in the room, just to give context, you basically take down the Jersey Devil, like, for good, right? Uh and then Tweedle D as well. You kinda knock him out, and you stab Georgie in the gut
2: with the knife that he's coming at you with.
0: A hundred percent. And so the option you're given. Self-defense. The option you're given I'm is no to murderer. chase after Georgie and Vivian or you chase after the crooked man and Bloody Mary once you enter New York City again. Mm-hmm. Mo, who did you chase after?
1: I went after Georgie, the guy who we've kind of, I guess, more or less led to believe that he was the murderer and the one that committed the first heinous crime. I was going after him.
2: Same here, but it was unintentionally. I didn't ah. realize I would have the choice. I just moved as quick as I could because I didn't want to fail a quick time event.
1: That might have been something I did too, but I, I just remember the interaction.
0: Jacob, what did you decide? Yeah, because you, you go into like humanoid, big bad wolf mode and you start like, you know, hitting cars out of the Werewolf way. Mode. Wolf mode. Wolf What'd you call it? Werewolf mode. Werewolf mode. Yes.
2: Lichen mode.
0: Yes. And you like very quickly, in most cases where you have to make a major choice, you're given a countdown timer, but in this case you have to make a call. And I didn't even realize I was making a call to chase after, same like you, Georgie and Vivian, or the crooked man and Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. So I chased after Georgie and Vivian yeah. by accident.
2: So we find you. I jumped on Vivian and uh, Georgie Porgie's putting in Pie's uh, car. Vivian's driving. Georgie's in the back, bleeding out. You go through this big chase scene where you end up lifting the car off the ground at one point. Uh, and they end up driving back to the Pudding and Pie Strip Club, and she kind of crashes out front. Um, they run inside the strip club, and you decide, okay, I'm going to change back to my human form. I'm going to grab these clothes hanging on the, the, the wire. These conveniently placed yeah. clothes that fit me In my size and this tie. And exactly the style that I wear. <laughs> <laughs> and then go into the strip club, and you find Vivian and Georgie just, kind of in a desperate panic because they know Georgie's not making out of here there's blood everywhere and so you have your real conversation with Georgie and Vivian Um, do you guys remember what we find out exactly in there
1: Vivian was uh, responsible somehow with making the spells to keep the girls quiet and she feels extremely guilty the entire time saying like it's all my fault this is something I did the conversation continues and you come to find out that if she removes her ribbon all the girls will be able to tell the truth and the spell will be lifted, but it would come at the cost of losing her life. and her head will fall off. Exactly. So you kind of, I can't remember the d- direct interaction, but in my playthrough, she eventually takes the ribbon off. Mm-hmm. She's toast. But then you realize any other girl who's alive may be able to speak now because the truth yeah. will be able to finally come out.
2: And my Big B, I was upset. I'm like, Georgie, how could you do this to these girls? And he says, what do you mean? It's if it was a choice between anyone and Vivian I would choose Vivian. So like I I don't know what you're saying that it was a choice I made. Of course I was going to choose Vivian over the others. Um which I think is kind of, you know, a morally bankrupt statement because like hey, it wasn't uh it wasn't a thing that you came to and found out this was the case. You knew as you were in in enslaving I guess all of these girls that that's what the trade-off was. Um, no one else needed to be roped into this other than vivian Mm -hmm. It, it was her own curse to bear and she decided to share it with others
0: the craziest part about this whole thing is depending on the way you take the car chase you can actually arrive at the club where vivian's head is already decapitated
2: oh boy yeah wow so if
0: you chase the other car you can arrive and she's already decapitated
2: is that what happened with you?
0: No. I, I'm. It's something that as I was kind of researching, I kind right. of found that that was one option. Like you, I had that interaction where like if you don't, that's some really crucial, essential information yeah. that I, I can't see. Like Georgie's going to give you a colored take on it, right? Like right. he's a tinted take on it. Um, I felt really guilty for the first time in this game. Really? Yeah, because I you felt like it was morally gray. Yeah, I I think I pushed Vivian to kill herself. Ooh, I see I see where you're coming from.
2: They do a really great job throughout this game establishing that it is not as black and white as you think. That the entire thing is shades of gray. That this crime wouldn't exist if the government had been able to support the people it was supposed to be supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think they did a really good job highlighting that. There's a lot of gray not only in the world but in the in the world of fabletown
0: interestingly enough it was the the first time this episode that i or the first time this series where i like didn't i w- didn't stick to my character
1: one interesting fact um with my playthrough is so just, just to kind of remind uh, the folks uh, I played episode five right after episode four and I played episode four on uh, a train um uh, commuting uh with so, a friendly neighbor next to you. Yeah, so but at this by this point in the game, I think I was maybe an hour and a half in or two hours into playing The Wolf Among Us. And I'm not going to lie, I started, it has nothing to do with the game, it just has to do with travel. And I started dozing off, kind of. So some of my next following, I guess, decisions were more or less like I'd hear a loud noise on my headphones, I'd wake up, and I'd click on one of the buttons, more or less. I, no I was wonder. playing it, I was paying attention, but like I, you know how like your eyes get heavy and you're kind of not following along as much? That's what was going on for the next little bit, and I'll, remind, I'll let you guys know once I woke up and at what points, because we got some points that wake me up coming up.
2: I love that the game just went on autoplay for you while you were taking a nap. <laughs> you can yeah. literally sleep through the game.
1: Yeah, I skipped some decisions on accident
2: amazing okay so so
0: what did you do when it came to like the ultimate decision with georgie where you know vivian is has been decapitated you find out every every secret that is behind this relationship you know discretion is our guarantee in more ways than one mm-hmm. um you're given the option do you for let Georgie to die yes or
2: do you put him out of his misery
1: my thought process was he's dying a slow painful death let's end it quick He's not going to wow. survive this one. So I took him I,
2: I was the nice big bad wolf, and I was like, this is exactly the punishment you deserve. Mm-hmm. You would oh. otherwise be going to jail for a long time and no, suffering. No, he's dying. Yeah, he, I, I know. You would <laughs> otherwise be going to jail for a long time. So in my case, I was like, you can't actually get the punishment you deserve. So, you know, I'm I'm also, I felt like it was a bit of a trolley problem. Uh, or is, you know, ethically dubious that if you take an action, you're then responsible for that murder. Whereas if you just walk away, you're not responsible for the pain that, mm-hmm. that ensued. You, it was self-defense. Self-defense, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I absolutely let him sit there and suffer a, a long, slow, painful death.
0: Secret third option.
2: What was the, uh, what was the secret
0: third? So I, I started to kill you him. your secret thirds. I hit the kill him button. But if you let the timer go for long enough, you then decide... You know what? Actually, I'm going to walk away.
2: Okay. Yeah. So effectively the same thing.
0: It's, yeah. It's like a half. It's like a half option. Right.
2: You yeah. wanted to murder someone, but you,
0: for some reason, I'm like, actually, you know, what would be the meaner thing? Just letting him die. Right. And letting him like
2: your Bigby's got a weird voice.
0: He's got a really weird voice. Why don't you just sit there and die?
2: <laughs> okay. So then we leave the pudding and pie. Um, the curse against all of the girls wearing the ribbon is now lifted. Where do we go from there?
0: The last thing that is said is, you know, go find him. Like, Georgie's intestines are literally coming out. And he's like, you need to go to the old foundry and get him.
2: That's what it was. So you make your way to the old foundry. And I think pretty much immediately, uh, Bloody Mary is there. And she is ready to have fun with you.
0: Yeah. I got real Terminator 2 vibes from this foundry. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So... You very quickly end up getting into a fight with Bloody Mary and she transforms. I think her glamour is lifted and she becomes a bloody tattooed uh, female body with pieces of glass or I guess mirror sticking out of her Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was incredibly gruesome and she multiplies.
1: And that's when I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) what is going on? What kind of nightmare am I in right now? I'm half in a daze, half in a nightmare. I'm fighting this creature who's just multiplying because in her like fight, once she's transformed, you get into like, you get almost into like a daze and you start um, fighting multiple versions of her. Were you in like a dream or were you poisoned? I can't really remember what was going on.
0: No, I think you start to explore the foundry and you start to see like pictures of you on a board and you see this big wheel um, that has chains on it. And you enter this workshop area where there's a bunch of silver bullets that have been like... Casted. Casted. Thank you. Or cast. And that's when kind of around the corner, the crooked man comes around with Bloody Mary at his side. Mm -hmm. And like, yo, I'm scared of Bloody Mary.
2: Yeah. and Yeah. Especially after what she does to you. Yeah. And so she says, I think essentially like, go ahead. And he says, come find me when you're done uh, to her as if like you're going to be child's play. And so you get into this big fight with Bloody Mary and she multiplies And you transform into your werewolf form. Which I think up until now, we had all assumed this was the final form. This is what the big bad wolf looks like. Even though we are given evidence at the beginning, when you see the fairy tale book and you see the huntsman and you see the big bad wolf, and and it's like, oh, that's the big bad wolf, you end up turning into this giant wolf. It's crazy. Mo?
1: I think it's definitely one of the... Peak moments of the game for me, just because of the yeah, just like you said, Mike. Mike yeah, we thought the werewolf giant, like de- demonic version of Big B was the final form. He was savage. He's going to do it again right now. But once he transformed into gigantic, like dire wolf for all these Game of Thrones fans out there, <laughs> uh, that was probably one of the coolest points. And I'm like, yeah, get him, Big B. Let's go,
0: <laughs> Mo. I want I want to speak to your heart right now
1: and say that uh, Frieza had four forms, and so does Big B. Jacob, you win. You win today. You are the internet king. Mike doesn't know what's you. going on. It's a Dragon Ball Z What do you game mean reference. I don't know Dragon Balls? Get <laughs> out of here.
0: Yeah. Frieza has four Thank, forms. Yeah. Uh-huh. He
2: goes, okay. yeah. uh-huh. Do, you know who, do you know who Frieza's brother is?
0: C- Cooler? You're right. Hey, hey. I was going to say Freezer, but that's not right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know who his father's name is?
1: Captain Ginyu. Wait, <laughs> Jacob. I don't want to ruin it, but c- currently. Um, Froster. <laughs> no, no, no. Frieza has five forms. And the new in the new series, he has. Oh, he goes gold. He's gold. Yeah. What is his
0: father's name? Ice you know what Man. we're talking about here? No, 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 it's King so Cold talking about the wolf among us. King
1: Cold. Us. I didn't hear the question. His father's name is King Cold. Yes. This isn't Dragon Ball talk. No, it's not Dragon Ball talk. Dang. Let's let's, let's let's get back to. How back to did the we top. get here?
2: We'll talk about it in the Discord, boys. I, okay. I
1: didn't do it. I didn't do it. You <laughs> didn't do it. Well.
2: So five forms, four forms. You become the big bad wolf.
0: Eight foot tall
2: wolf it's amazing and you just start chomping on these bloody marys and they do not stand a chance but they just keep coming and then as they keep coming you're like i'm gonna huff and puff and blow you all into the wall and break you into pieces like the glass you are and it was it was was something that i found incredibly dumb and charming and i loved it uh i thought it was an amazing amazing little thing
0: Mm mm-hmm it was, a really, it was a really great set piece. Yeah. And it was something that was so beyond anything that had been done so far. Like the scope of it was so much bigger. Um, it was a great climax. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is the final boss. Um, I'm a big fan of Asura's Wrath. Maybe it's something that we can eventually play. And I, got, I just got those vibes so hard. And I'm like, yes, give me more of this.
2: <laughs> so once we end up finishing all of the different versions of Bloody Mary, we blow them all into the wall. We chomp them. We crack them. She doesn't exist anymore. Um, You end up going to meet the crooked man up in his office, and you see him just staring down at you. Yeah. Um, And so you transform back into your human form. You go to him, and he's standing there with a gun. And Bigby essentially says, and I think we all get the same dialogue here, is that, I'm going to take you in. Uh, Or I think you're given the option. Do you you kill him or do you take him in? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing the crooked man wants is he says, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll do whatever, you know, whatever's required. I just want to make sure I have a fair, I have a fair trial. I want my chance to talk to all of Fable Town and to tell them. What What did you guys decide to do here?
0: What a great villain also. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, you know, this was like straight up Ozyman- Ozymandias level villain. It's like, you know that he knows that he has a silver tongue, and the leverage over all of these people to be able to get himself off.
0: Mm-hmm. Did, did any of you guys play the, uh, the Mass Effect series?
1: No. I, I no? did not complete it. I played one and two.
0: He gave me some real elusive man vibes. Gotcha. Yeah, so I just wanted to say that. Maybe we can play that game eventually. But mm-hmm. anyway, what did we do?
2: Uh, obviously, I was good Bigby. I took him in. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm good with words too, bro. Let's go.
1: <laughs> uh, I killed him. No you way. Did. You really did? Yeah. You went all the way through and killed him?
0: Yeah. And I, I. So, this is the time when the cracks in my armor started to come full force because, you know, the first time it was Vivian, and now I'm questioning my big bad wolf decisions. So, I questioned, I'm like, is the right thing here to kill the crooked man? So, I gave it about two seconds of thought and of course it's the
2: right thing to do not the right thing he's to a do. bad
1: bad man
2: no government needs to have legitimacy it needs to show that people will treat them fairly if people don't believe a government is legitimate they won't follow the
0: laws mm. i here, live here. in this big bad wolf autocracy mo mm-hmm. what did you do
1: um i did the same thing as mike i brought him in and i had the same logic too um i i knew if i took him down right now there would be no trust I'm murdering someone. He we need to see his fair share in court. Same time though, I was frustrated because I knew that it's going to bite me in the butt. He's going to talk all the citizens to to go after me instead, and somehow I'm going to end up dying or whatever Mm -hmm. may happen.
2: So we we bring him in. I guess Jacob doesn't.
1: Yeah,
0: what happens in your case after murder? I'm so excited to hear what happens in your section because this is almost the best part in the whole series like everything is built up to this community confrontation that i alluded mm-hmm. to earlier about you know about the law about you know the crooked man and how he supports everyone it was really incredible and I'm sure for you guys it was so so different.
2: So what happens after you murder him?
0: So you murder him and like you you choke him out, right? So like uh, okay. his his neck is bloody, he's limp and you carry this limp body into the wishing well with you and you set him down on the stone kind of slab that Holly had been set on earlier right. and that's when everyone just kind of starts to lose it. And they're just like, "What what is this? Because Snow White sets the scene and says, you know, this is what happened. Blah, blah, blah. Big B is going after the Crooked Man. And then you just come in your arms with the Crooked Man.
2: And does do you end up saying, I had no choice? Or do you just own up to it and you're like, I wanted to murder him?
0: Yeah. So the cool part of this, and I think you guys had a similar mechanic here, is as you're speaking all the decisions that you've made throughout the entire series start to come out in the characters that are in this kind of mob of people. Mm -hmm. And as you kind of address the crowd, you get, you know, instead of like, they will remember this. And I've not seen this in a telltale game before you get, you know, you're losing the crowd or the crowd is afraid of you, which was bad ass. So tell me what it was like to have the Crooked Man alive.
2: so Because I
0: could control a lot of the dialogue. Right. Bluebeard really got in there, but it was me kind of controlling it with Snow White. What happened with you?
2: Let's tag team this, Mo. So you, you bring him back and you essentially set up that, you know, you lay out the charges against the Crooked Man and you give him a chance to defend himself. <sighs> and you know he's got a silver tongue he he starts to explain all of the ways in which he's there for everyone when you know other people are not there for them. How when they need a loan, he's there. When they need a job, he's there. When they need uh, a cheaper um, glamour, he's there. So he lays out all of the ways in which he is there supporting people. And it's up to you to explain the ways in which you as Big B are one a new government. Big B and Snow are, are new. You don't have the sins of Ichabod Crane and the previous government on you, and how you will do better. And then the second thing is explaining how um, all of the all of the ways in which what the Crooked Man is saying doesn't actually line up with the experience of people. So Mo, what are the what are the key things that stood out for you?
1: Um, for, for me, so I, I, just, I just to mention it again. Um, I played the second half of the game on my laptop. I didn't sync it up with my saves from my first playthrough. Um, so I had a situation where I was accused of doing something that I didn't do. But I think, it, but I think <laughs> like it just what, defaulted. Burning the tree? I I think it was. Oh, you know what? It might have been burning the tree because you said, "Look, you burnt uh, uh, the witch's tree or whatever." green Yeah, and I didn't do that. But because Same my here. game wasn't synced up, it didn't like, it didn't say that. Uh, initially though, I, I let him keep talking, but every time he accused me of doing something bad, I owned up to it and said, yeah, you know, we're trying our best. This is the past. We want to move forward, a clean city. And I got the crowd always kind of going with me. The only time they felt against me was when he brought up the whole point of, I was there for them. I was there for them. Besides that, they were all on my side because I generally had their back throughout the game. I might've punched Mm -hmm. a bad guy in the face once or twice, but they're on my team.
2: I feel if you were ever going to allow the crooked man to speak and, and not murder him earlier, <laughs> you needed to be a good Big B along the way, yeah, uh, to, to stand the chance of, um, you know, winning the trial. I guess. And so all of the good things that I did, where I pointed out to Anthony Greenleaf, I didn't burn down your tree. That I, I was helping along the way in every way that I could. And no, we're not perfect, but we're yeah. trying to get better every day. I was able to very quickly, I think convince the, the crowd that the decisions I made were yes. correct and that, you know, yeah, he was there to provide a loan, but it also put you in incredible debt that you would never be able to pay off. He was a loan shark. Yeah. He was there to help your business when your freezer broke down, but also he turned your business into uh, a front Um yeah, he was there for you with those cheaper glamours, but he was also, um, you know, tying you up in a legal activity that you didn't want to have to be involved with.
0: So I, I just want to kind of understand the proceedings of the trial that you have, because it sounds like it's a, it's a real trial. Um, it's, it's kind
2: of a sham of a trial in a way that like a community of 20 people are trying to decide. Is there a judge and jury? No. No. Okay. no. It, it's, it's people deciding what side of the room they're going to stand on. Are they going to stand next to him or are they going to stand next so to you? so cool. And yeah. it's really great because at the end, like the the final two like will make the decision like, y- you know, you're right. And I think it's like Beast and Beauty that walk over next to you. And they're like, oh. And it's like, yeah, okay. So it's all of us against him. It's clear we've made our decision. And that's when the big decision comes. Do you throw him down the wishing well or do you put him in prison for his entire life because Auntie Greenleaf says we don't have to murder him it's not the right thing to do to murder him we should put him in prison we can we can do this we have magic
0: man i'm just sitting here with my mouth agape because your experience was so much better than mine it
2: was real cool playing it good
0: yeah i guess i got i finally got bit in the butt <laughs>
1: by all of my poor decisions i'm
2: sure killing him felt satisfactory. It didn't. no It okay. really didn't. I'm just trying to help you out here.
1: So, Mike, I just want to clarify, did you throw him in jail? Uh I I did throw him in jail. Oh, for all the attorney. So, Jacob, I got a little piece of both pies cuz at this point, you kind of get that option, throw him down the wall, uh the wet wishing well, lock him up or rip his head off. Once you get that decision, it's very clear that that townspeople literally vote and say they give you the choice to make the decision from here because they can't decide and then they tell you it, they assert it they say you know what we can't decide we want you to do it you get to decide big b it's your turn so i ripped his head off completely the- so when in the process of deciding
2: he also pulls you back towards the well to try and force you to throw him down yeah he tries to force your hand Uh, kind of like a a, a kidnapping or someone's trying to suicide by a cop. And so for me, that was like, oh, well, this is clear. He definitely doesn't want to be in prison forever. He would rather just take a trip down the wishing well. And so I made sure, I was like, well, clearly this is the thing that he wants the least. I would rather just make sure that he then has to be in prison his whole life. Um, And I feel like it would also allow people to have more trust that I'm not out here trying to murder people. Lawful good. Exactly, yeah. The law is the law.
0: And so you killed him, Mo. You locked him up. I locked him up. Should I go through kind of how my trial went? Yeah. So you bring the body, and much like you, it's kind of a everyone starts fighting about the new leadership, about Snow White and Big B. What came to bite me in the butt was Andy Greenleaf. I feel like the crowd was kind of with me until she started to kind of deliver the performance of her life where she's like they burned down my tree they didn't have to do that that just shows like Mm -hmm. that they're willing to do whatever it takes look at Big B she was the one the single person that turned the whole crowd against me and I could not believe that I, I was losing them Holly tried to come to the rescue and I feel like she was the only person That I may have supported throughout the whole game By I think the funeral scene I kind of was respectful And that's when that kind of came in But otherwise like I lost the crowd with Auntie Greenleaf Holly couldn't bring them back And then I was given the option to growl To like Basically it was getting really heated And people were really against Snow White and me And I was given the option to growl And I growled really loudly And it said the crowd is afraid of you Oof. And Bluebeard tried to butt in, Narissa tried to help, and it was just a disaster for me. Right. Uh, Snow White was super not pleased with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of like, this is what we have, and I just kind of leaned into the fact that like, I'm, I'm the law, and if you don't want get, to get murked, then like, follow the law.
2: How much of a role did Narissa play in your, in your final scene?
0: So she came in at the end. Yeah, she um, came
2: in the end of ours as well.
0: Yeah, and she didn't really do much for me.
2: She was the smoking gun in ours. Was she? Yeah, because she comes in and she says... Uh, you, she comes in at the point in which the Crooked Man's like, all of this is conjecture. There's, it's just one word against the other. You can't murder me because of this. There's no one that saw me give this order that said, you know, you, you have to kill these girls. Like, whether you believe it or like, you can't do that. And she comes in and she says, no way. I heard you tell Georgie to go take care of these girls and I have other people that will back me up as well because Ooh. now that the ribbon is taken care of she can talk she can say her truth right um and it is a big thing that very very soon we come to find out was was not true
0: yeah so l- let's get to that I I basically threw him down the wishing well that was it right gotcha so not important And this is when the final scene of the game happens. You go back to the business office, and there's kind of a a wrap-up of the whole story. Um, Toad, TJ, Colin, that piece with Flycatcher, and then the piece with Narissa. So I feel like we
1: we should cover the farm piece first. So I guess we get to see TJ – well, in my playthrough, I get to see TJ and Toad on the way out to the the office. But for me, I don't see Colin because Colin, I was able to allow s- to stay in my room. And, uh. to- and Toad even makes a snarky comment like, oh, I don't see Colin here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like I kind of leave it at that, I say. Like I don't f- continue on the conversation. And TJ really innocently says, hey, like I have a gift. Can you give it to Snow? <laughs> and the most sweetest voice ever. So of course I accepted it because – how can you not? It's a little child. Yeah. And he's going to a shitty spot, and he wants to give a gift. I accepted it. And it's, uh, it's a
2: dumb little bug that Snow said she liked. Yeah. And uh, and so in my playthrough, because I sent Colin to the farm, he was sitting at the front, and he asks Bigby, you know, can I have a smoke for the ride? And I just ended up giving him my pack.
1: Heck no, you freeloader. Get your own smoke. Yeah. Hey,
2: look, they're huff and puffs. They're cheap.
1: Did you deny TJ grabbing his gift, Jacob, or no? So... In on the Is Xbox, so cold and icy.
0: Ninety-seven point nine percent of players accepted the gift. Of course. Yes, same as PC. And I was among those players. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. my armor after everything that happened in this episode, particularly, I don't know what would happen. My heart grew three sizes. You and finished I, your therapy. I f- I finished my therapy. Wow,
1: what it's
0: a deep, game! Very deep what a game. game. Um. Do we talk about thing? We the have big to talk
2: thing? about the, the big ending. So it's Narissa and Bigby outside in the rain. Narissa's looking like she's packed up and ready to leave leave town for, for quite a while. Um, and they end up having a conversation where Narissa essentially admits that she didn't actually hear the crooked man say the things that she said she saw. And she was just saying what she had to to make sure that he went away because she knew that he was responsible. And so, you know, some of this doesn't quite jive with the character I'd been playing up until now, but my reaction was essentially you did what you had to do Mm. between you and I, we know it was the right thing, whether it followed process or not. And so um, she reveals a couple of other things. She says that she left uh, Faith's head on, on the doorway of the woodlands so that way you would find it uh, because she couldn't come and say these things and this was the best way for her to reveal it uh, and, and she knew that it would get you snooping mm-hmm. so all of this is kind of revealed and, and in the end she, she leaves she gives you know parting words and she says you're not as bad as everyone says you are and this is the major Kaiser Soze reveal uh, from the usual suspects that, that happens here and we get a huge flood of flashbacks of comments from Narissa and Faith uh, because that is the line that Faith says to you at the beginning of episode one um, when you help her with the woodsman at the very end she leaves and she says you're not as bad as everyone says you are and so you're then left with this question of she said the exact same thing why would she say that exact same thing Why now would she say that exact same thing? And so she turns to walk away and you're left with the choice. Do you chase after her or do you let her go? What did you guys decide?
1: I let her go um, for two reasons. One, I was almost in full sleep mode on that train. (laughs) So I didn't know what was going on with the whole storyline. I heard the fact that she led us down this path. She left the head and all that stuff. But for me, it was like you know what I didn't connect that dot with what she said. I just thought you know what, like she said something that was we heard before. I don't think it's connect. It's probably just a big coincidence.
2: Jacob's looking through my face to try and figure out what's happening in my brain
0: here. So I chased after her, but only because. So I, I finished this game about fifteen minutes before we recorded the episode, and you know those moments when like a when like. A car drives by you really fast, and someone waves at you, and you try and figure out who it is. That's kind of what happened to me here. Is I, I'm like, wait, wait, ho- hold on, hold on, because I I'm starting to understand. Like, she has a bigger plan in this. She, you know, is maybe a, a co-conspirator, but I didn't fully understand yeah. what was happening. So. I just wanted to know more information. So I'm just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to find out what you're saying. Not like I need to chase after you. Mike.
2: So there are two options here. Okay. Or two, two very clear options. There's
0: probably you know a
2: lot of crazier conspiracy theories out there. Um, but there are two ways that this can go. The first is that Nerissa is actually faith. That the faith you meet at the beginning... Has glamored herself as ah, Marissa. Nice. And that was her way of escaping. Because we know at the beginning, Faith was just trying to escape uh, escape Prince Lawrence and the situation that she was in. It also explains why when we asked the mirror to f- show us Faith, it can't show us Faith. Because she was glamored as Marissa.
0: Yo. It also
2: explains why she was trying to help us the whole time.
0: Yeah. I see it. To get her to her end, right? right. Which is escape. Right. Wow. The,
2: the second way to explain it is that the faith that we had bumped into was actually Nerissa this whole time and that Nerissa had been playing Bigby all along as her catalyst to escape. She knew that once Bigby got scent of what was happening here, he wouldn't stop chasing it down until he found the solution um and and so what she does is she sets up a, a fake body that's been glamored as Faith to uh to be murdered right lays it at the front door of the woodlands where she knows Bigby's going to find it and is going to lead him to ask a bunch of questions and to hunt down other people with that ribbon where she will be and she can help guide him towards the crooked man and she knows that Bigby won't let the crooked man do what he does and that the end result will be a way for her to escape so
0: wow yeah I I really like your first argument that like faith is just trying to escape Prince Lawrence the mirror sold it for me
2: so the other one that the one that you like least Mm -hmm. that The faith we've been bumping into is actually in Arisa this whole time. Makes a little bit more sense. Okay, why? Because it explains why she would give herself up at the end. Because she's kind of saying, I have nothing left to hide. Like, I'm I'm trying to let you know that it was me the whole time.
0: Yo, okay. Man, that... Why didn't that click with me? That is such a good reveal at the end. I think what's really too bad about this whole thing is that we're probably not going to get a Wolf Among Us season two. Mm -hmm. I think we we were talking right before we started recording this episode and talking about what's happening currently with Telltale's assets. But I think we were just like, man, it stinks that we'll never get to know what the people making this game had
1: under their sleeves for episode, for season two I can't believe I'm going to say this but in the words of Mr. Bieber never say never uh, we might see it happen someone might buy those assets and remake the final version of this game in a couple of years if there's enough like roar or demand for it I mean if there's customers someone will build it
2: I, I would like a season two of The Wolf Among Us but I feel so satisfied by how season one ended it felt like a great noir story mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't have enough of that in my life. So it would be great to have more, but I definitely don't feel like I was left needing more.
0: Okay. The game closes and you get the credits and then you get these special stats too where it kind yeah. of summarizes everything for you to say like, what did you do that was special? Right. And also, you know, who did you kill? Who got eliminated? Yeah. So in my game, it was dumb, Georgie, Vivian that were dead. Right. Uh, and sorry, also
2: Georgie, the crooked man. Vivian. Uh, and I think those are my only
1: kills. Okay.
2: I don't think you can avoid those for obvious reasons. No.
1: Yeah, I had Dumb, Georgie, and uh, the Crooked Man.
0: Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, that is our series on The Wolf Among Us. Five episodes. Any thoughts about either episode five or the series as a whole before we close out? What a game. What a great way to
2: cap up the, the season and the world that they spent time developing and creating. Um, I'm incredibly excited to, to see what happens with season two, hoping that something happens there. Um, and I, I highly recommend this to most people that I talk about it with.
1: Yeah. I think I, I feel the same way as, uh, Mike more or less. I came into this blind and trying to figure out what the hype was all about. Cause everyone keeps talking telltale games, telltale games, this being the first game I've played. I can say that I understand the hype. Um, I think I had a lot of fun also playing with you guys um, and having like the chance to talk about it and like go through it once again. But to be honest, I'm satisfied. I'm am I'm, not itching for A Wolf Among Us 2. Um, I probably won't play it just to be straight out and forward with that unless we play it on this podcast again and we have the chance to talk about it because for me, that was the highlight.
0: Yeah, I think for me, this is just going to drive me to try some of their other properties. Um, Batman seemed like one that had a lot of care only because they did something that was different and there's a lot of focus on Bruce Wayne, which I feel in the Batman universe, not to go down this rabbit hole is like sometimes a critically underdeveloped part of, you know, the lore as it's being built. So it's going to drive me to check out other telltale projects. Um, and you should definitely play this video game.
2: Absolutely. Highly recommend it.
0: Now, if you want to talk about this series, in a in a spoiler esque form with people that may or may not be playing it right now, where would be a good place to do that? We have a
2: we have a spoiler channel in our Discord. If you go to Left Club and check out the big fat button that says "Join Discord" uh, in the middle of the page, it'll teleport you right into our community of fine folks who share really good deals uh, and are talking about what's going on in the industry, uh, what new games are coming along that they want to play, and about this game and and all the things so i know right after this this recording i'm going to go in there and s- start a discussion about the ending and and see if anyone wants to exchange ideas and and see which ending is the superior one
1: all along uh we're also online on several places uh jacob where do we kind of creep along the internet
0: so if you want to follow along uh, outside of the podcast and outside of our discord you can do so at left behind club on twitter at Left Behind Game Club on Instagram and we also are on Reddit. You can check that out at reddit.com slash R slash Left Behind Game Club. Uh, truly options for all social media lovers. If folks want to find you wonderful people on social media, where would be the best place to do so?
1: You can find me at EmmerTi on all social media platforms and emmertati.com. Mike? You
2: can find me at Ruffalo M on most social places online and MichaelRufalo.com
1: can find me on the
0: internet at Jacob McCourt on most major social media platforms and at Jacob
2: And that my friends is one less game left behind.